Right. Hello. Hello. Good evening and welcome everyone on YouTube. Thank you for joining me. Um, this is the very first ever live weekly show that we are going to start putting out every week. Um, oddly enough. Um, so just give everyone a chance to catch up and see if they can hear what I'm saying. Um, welcome to Susan as well. Thank you for joining me this evening, Susan. Much appreciated. Tonight's topic is all about starting a business. Um, so first of all, I want to tell you a little bit about the show, what it's all about and why you should tune in every week. Um, because there's an awful lot of information to come. There's a lot of good stuff out there that you can use. And we're going to be breaking apart a lot of the falsities that you're finding online as, elsewhere as well. You can hear and see me. Awesome. Um, is it coming across loud enough? Because the microphone is quite far away, but I've set it up in such a way that it should be able to pick me up nice and clear. Oh cool, you can hear and see me. Awesome. wonder where Robin is. He said he'd be joining us tonight. He's not here yet. Um, if, you're here, if you're there Robin, let us know. Say hi. Um, so first of all I'd like to tell you a little bit about the show and what it's about. <coughs> so the West UK Weekly is a weekly business show. The entire aim of this show is to help small businesses and anyone thinking of starting a business um, make sense of all of the information out there that's it's just a minefield um, it's also a chance for us at West UK to get to know you and for you to get to know us as well um, if I think back to when I first started business I first started back in business 20 years ago started designing websites for local companies and when I first launched a company it was quite terrifying didn't know what to do, where to start, who to turn to, or even even the very question of how do I start a business? Uh, it was quite a mystery. So, <clears throat> I have a phone up high. I can hear you. Okay, good, good. <coughs> so bear with me, I'm reading the live comments as we go along at the same time too. So, when I started West UK, um, the only person I knew that started a business was my uncle, who was an electrician, and he'd migrated off to Australia. And the next person in line was my cousin. Uh, she's a dog groomer. Hi Kelly, if you ever, ever, ever get to watch this. Um, probably not. She's riding around on a Harley somewhere in Florida. Um, but she'd been a dog groomer for many years, and she'd run her own business. And I turned to her and literally badgered the life out of her. Asked her so many questions, because the internet wasn't back then what it is today. Uh, you didn't have thousands of people that you could turn to and just ask a load of questions and get back a load of answers. Um, unfortunately, however, the internet being what it is today, people will turn to others and ask a lot of questions and get back a lot of garbage. So, part and parcel of what the show is all about is demystifying all this nonsense that you're seeing online and hopefully getting you some actual factual information that's correct and accurate. I'm not by any means an expert, but a lot of the people that I've met... Um, are experts in their field and obviously I've made plenty of mistakes along the way and hopefully you can benefit from those. Um, so <coughs> so this show is also going to be a good place for us to keep you updated on business advice, IT tips, um, anything IT advice wise that you can make use of and anything to do with websites. So our show is about business, IT and websites and hopefully each week we're just going to spend 10 minutes on each subject, short half hour show before you nod off to bed and uh, we'll try not to bore you too much. Um, what I would like to ask is if you can support our channel by subscribing um, 
we're using YouTube to try and make some money for charity. Uh, we're going to try and extort YouTube a little bit and uh, raise some money for the Diagrama Foundation. Uh, the Diagrama Foundation, if I show you here, this is the Diagrama Foundation. They, they support vulnerable adults and children through fostering. Um, and they've got foster homes all over the place. Uh, they're originally a Spanish uh, charity, but they've got a lot of foster places here in the UK as well. And they do some awesome work, and we'd really like to support them. Um, so any, we basically need to get to a thousand subscribers before we can start taking super chats through YouTube. And if you would like to subscribe, you can help us get closer to the point where we can start accepting super chats. So do spread the word, tell your friends, um, get them to come along. They might learn something useful along the way. If they don't, they've at least supported a good cause. Um, so that would be, be a help. Why is that stopped? That seems to have stopped. Are we still there? Are we still there? Yep, we're still there. <coughs> Are you still there, Susan? Are we uh, still online? Looks like we're still online. Um, happy days. Three people. Who else has joined us? Show yourself. Say hello. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Um, this is quite a nerve-wracking experience as well because it's the first time I've ever done a live show. Um, and this has taken about two years to get to this point where I can actually start doing this. And having learned from some of my, um, some of the people I follow in the radio control model flying community, um, I've tried to learn a lot from their mistakes and hopefully try and avoid them. So we've only had two major screw-ups so far. This show was meant to go live two weeks ago. Two weeks ago it went horribly wrong. And so after a bit of a regroup and a kicking my toys out of the pram and, and screaming and shouting, uh, we tried it again last week. And again it went horribly wrong. And um, some valuable lessons were learned. And again, back to the point of the show is that 20 years of doing that as a group and working with other businesses, learning from their mistakes and our own. We're quite fortunate because we learn a lot from a lot of businesses. Um, so hopefully we can pass that on to you. But any way you can help us support the Diagrama Foundation would be absolutely awesome. Um, so what's to come out on the show? Well, like I said, we're going to be talking about business, IT and websites. And if you would like to come on the show, if you're a customer of ours, or you know us through local business networking, uh, or you're a local business in the South London area, get in touch, drop us a line on post at wesh.uk. Just drop us an email and we can have you on the show and we can have a little talk about your subject matter and how your content can fit into the show as well because everyone's got something to offer. <coughs> um, so, you know, that's a good reason to host your website at Wesh, isn't it? We'll get you on the show and get you some publicity, get everyone to know a bit about who you are. So, this week's question of the week. There is a question of the week every week and I will post the question out here and whoever answers the question correctly will get a free domain name. If you want a domain name for nothing, um, just drop your answer in an email to post at wesh.uk and the correct answer will be picked at random and you'll get a free domain name. So that's not a bad little price. Some places are charging a tenner for that. So this week's question of the week is how many small businesses were there at the start of 2019. How many small businesses were there at the start of 2019? I'll accept a fairly rough answer. 
Um, but I'll tell you at the end of the show as well. Um, who's just, who's joined us? Anyone else joined us? Susan. All good from my perspective. Was just listening. Cool. Happy days. <coughs> so hopefully you're all chilled out by now and you've got a glass of wine, had your dinner or whatever, put the kids to bed hopefully. If you have any feedback about the timing of the show as well, 8 o'clock I know is a bit late for some or some people might be putting the kids to bed. Uh, but some people are getting home from their day job too. Um, so they're just getting home from the day job and starting their nighttime job or their side gig or you know building their business in their spare time. So hopefully this can be that sort of transition time where you've still got a bit of energy left and you can stay awake. So today's business subject is starting a business. Now starting a business is it can be quite a frightening experience for a lot of people. If I think back 20 years to when I started WESH, it was it was mostly frightening because of the lack of information and the lack of how easy it was to find people to help you. Um, it really was. Uh, it wasn't an easy process and there was a lot of uncertainty on the sort of things that you should consider or think about. Um, so you just sort of had to find your own way and figure it out as you went along and get as much information from people you could physically meet and talk to. Um, so, one of the things that I've noticed recently in the last five years, I mean I've been on um, a lot of Facebook business groups in the last five years, I've been thrown out at quite a few of them as well for telling it how it is, I don't mind that, <coughs> and um, one of the things that I'm seeing an awful lot of is people are asking questions, how do I start a business, how do I do this, how do that, and a lot of the information they're getting taught um, a lot of the information that's coming back to them is really bad it's it's shockingly bad um, a typical example I saw to back in November which is what triggered this conversation in my head was that someone was wanting to start a business and they didn't know what they should do first what priorities should they have and what should um, what should they make you know what should be on their to-do list of things and a lot of the responses were coming back to that person saying, oh, just go for it, you'll be fine, just get on with it, just do it. And for a business to be successful, that was quite a shocking response. For me personally, I looked at that and thought, why are all these people just saying, yeah, just go for it, just do it, it'll be fine, it'll work, when they actually know absolutely nothing at all about the person's business that they want to set up, the local marketplace, whether there's a need for it, and, and absolutely doing, not even asking any questions at all. So if you're thinking of starting a business this year, or maybe it's one of your New Year's resolutions that you want to start a business, or maybe you've even started a business within the last 12 to 18 months, you're still quite fresh and things feel quite new. One of the bits of advice I would give you is get in touch with your nearest virtual assistant. Get hold of a VA and ask them to start doing some research for you. Now, virtual assistants are basically like research gods. There's not much a virtual assistant can't find out and can't research and can't do that can put a ton of information in your lap very quickly in a short space of time without spending a lot of money. I mean, if you was to give a VA 100, 150 quid and ask them to do a day's research, um, you know, a couple of hundred quid, whatever their charges are, the VAs, VAs are not expensive. They can go off and research all the local businesses 
that are similar to what you're thinking of starting. They can also then go off and research what each business's USP might be. And if you, if you think about that, after one day's research, or however much you can afford to spend, <coughs> if your virtual assistant comes back to you and says, oh look, I found 50 companies doing exactly what you're wanting to do, but none of them have got the USP that you are planning to provide. Um, at least then if you start a business, you'll be in a much more well-informed position. Um, so researching your market really is key. It, it's, it's a critical thing that you need to do when you start a business. I mean, when I think back to when I started West UK, we'd spent four years researching. Um, <laughs> we are awesome. You are awesome. Virtual assistants are awesome. And Susan Wright is a virtual assistant. I don't want to plug her too much because she's crazy busy. Um, I mean, all of the VAs that I know and I've met over the last couple of years through business networking, they are really good. Um, and just through listening and talking to them and finding out the sort of things that they get up to, it just, it's like, I didn't know a VA does that. Um, and even I thought of this the other day, I was talking to another VA. Um, she asked me not to give her a plug because she's literally maxed out. Um, she's got too many clients already, but she's absolutely lovely. And so um, I'll just call her Joe, shall we say. And when I mentioned this to her, I said, hey, Joe, do VAs ever do any research for people considering starting a business? Have you ever thought of that? And she said, no, I hadn't actually thought of that. Um, but she's actually she's quite encouraging. She said, that's a really, really good idea. Um, but she said, please don't send them my way because I'm really busy. Um, so if you're thinking of starting a business, get in touch with your nearest virtual assistant, one you can go and meet. I know they're virtual assistants, um, as in they're not sat right next to you. But you should find one that's local to you, who knows your local market, who you can sit and have a coffee with and explain everything in detail. Um, because the amount of research that they can do for you, uh, that, you know, that information is priceless. So when we started West UK, the research we did was literally, we did it ourselves. And we learned the hard way. We didn't have anyone to do research for us. We literally, we started out as a web design company and we were going from one hosting company to another, to another, to another. And it was four years of having hosting accounts everywhere. And they all sucked. Um, now, I'm not going to name any of the big names, but I'm sure if I asked you for the name of a hosting company, you'd, you'd be able to rattle off a few. Um, it's good to have a local VA. Susan says, yeah, it's good to have a local VA, so you have a F2F and get to know each other. What's an F2F, Susan, for those who don't know what that means, including me? Face-to-face. -face. Oh, face-to-face. -face. There you go. That's what it's going to mean. <coughs> but, yeah, um, I've had several F2F -F meetings with Susan, and she's wonderful. You couldn't ask to meet a nicer person. And just the very fact that these virtual assistants are so easy to work with. Um, I've never met any VAs so far that would make you go, ugh, I'm not dealing with them. Um, and, um, you know, if I think back now, 20 years, if there was a virtual assistant local who could do what I'm suggesting you should do, man, it would have saved us a lot of aggravation. It's taken us a lot of years to work out our service and our USP. Um, I mean, we knew there was a gap in the market for what we do because every hosting company on the planet is just scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, there's nothing unique about any of them. 
they're all budget, cheap, affordable, unlimited, this, that and the other. That's not how we play the game. Um, so get in touch with your local VA, get them to find out all the companies in your area or in your city who do what you do um, and get them to research a little bit about what's each company's USP, how big does that company appear to be, um, all the sort of things that you would want to know before starting your business because then you'll know where you fit into the market because I've seen a few people um, at business networking events where they've stood up to do their sort of 60 second pitch and they've just said oh this is me I do that you all know what that does thanks and sat down and it's really demoralizing to see people do that because it just shows that they're really not confident or they don't know their own market because if they knew their own market they'd be able to stand up and tell the whole room why that we should all be literally jumping on them for what they've got um, so even people who've got a business now who've been established for a year year and a half or even for probably you don't even need a new business to do this um, I think I personally I think it's a good exercise for any business to do um, every five ten years <coughs> but get in touch with the VA find out who your competitors are and keep that information very close because that will keep you on the edge of what you're doing and it will keep your game up um, so like most professions we're a collaborative not competitive and if we can't help or know someone else who yeah exactly so if your local VA can't help you or they're too busy you can bet your bottom dollar that they will know someone who does and they'll put you in touch because the VAs they're a bit nosy they like to talk to each other a lot um, so there's a good chance that if they can't help you, they can reach, I dare say this term, they can get in touch with other VAs very local to you and literally they'll all pounce on you um, to try and help you. So <laughs> Susan's going to kill me for that. But yeah, they, they, they're awesome. Um, I can't big them up enough. But doing your research of your market is key. I mean, I, I walk up and down the high street here and it really brings this home when I see there's now about there's almost 30 restaurants in the high street now and when you walk up there on a, on a busy Friday Saturday night some of them are empty they're just waiters standing there looking out the window uh, and you do wonder like do we need another curry house in the high street when there's already eight of them and none of them seem to be offering anything unique and if you talk to these people and say well what made you start the restaurant oh I've always wanted to be a restaurateur Okay, cool, but what made you start the restaurant? And they can't actually answer the question. They just wanted to be a restaurateur. They wanted to have their own restaurant. But that was as far as they took it. Um, and that's what's stuck in their head. So it can also help you really build your brand and your message by having all this research um, and an additional person to help you as well. It's extremely helpful. Harsh but fair, she says. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm known for being a bit harsh but fair. Um, so, you know, a lot of the things... Um, that you're going to hear me talk about, I'm quite blunt about, and I can be a little bit harsh, but I'm never unfair, and I'm always straight to the point. So hopefully this is where we're going to cut through all the nonsense and, and get stuff to you that's actually valid. Um, so that's the Diagrama Foundation. If you guys can help us support them, that would be awesome. Awesome. Um, one of the things that I will also um, talk about this evening is <coughs> IT. IT is a headache for everyone, let's face it. 
when you're starting a business or if your business is still relatively new, getting and purchasing your IT equipment, keeping it running, um, looking after it and having someone to call on when it goes wrong or if it goes wrong can be invaluable and it's, it's a minefield. Uh, obviously this is something none of our customers at WESH have to worry about. Um, you know, if they need help buying IT, we can point them in the right direction and find them awesome deals out there and just say, hey, look, you know, here's a good deal. This is this fits your needs perfectly. Um, and if they get problems with it, they can give us a call because we do, we do, of course, provide people's entire IT department at no extra cost for their hosting, which, as far as we know, no other hosting company does that. Hey, we should find a virtual assistant who can research that for us, right? Do you know any? If you do, let us know. Um, so when you're buying IT equipment, and I've seen this time and time again, again, going back to Facebook business groups, people say, oh, I'm thinking of starting a business or an online shop or such and such, but I need to get a laptop or a computer. What do you recommend? The amount of people that pile in with just absolute nonsense, um, it's insane. People go, oh, buy a Mac, they're great. Buy this, buy that. But no one ever actually says anything. Why? And you'll notice as well that no one ever asks any questions. And it's it's consistent as well. And you'll see this. You'll, you'll see like 150 replies to someone who says, I'm thinking of buying a Mac or, or this laptop. And you'll see, you look at the list of answers and no one ever says, okay, sure. What What's making you think that? Uh, what do you actually need to do? What is it you're trying to achieve? Um, and this is one of the things that we'll talk about with our customers. It's okay, well, you say you're thinking about a new computer. What is it you need to achieve? What are you trying to do with that piece of equipment? Um, so it could be anything from a desktop computer to something like, I mean, one of our customers, for example, he's a hospitality expert and he's awesome at what he does. And he started working with some universities recently. And his IT systems were quite a mess, a bit of a mess when we um, first took him on. And he had a computer and a laptop and he was trying to synchronize the hot, it was messy. He'd spend so much time trying to synchronize what was on the laptop with the desktop. Um, it was just totally unnecessary. So one of the things that you might want to look at when you're considering IT for your business is don't start out by buying new equipment because A, it's crazy expensive. And what does Susan say? Absolutely. Even the most techie person needs IT support. Yeah, exactly. We, I've needed it myself these last two weeks. I've spent hours and hours on tech support with the broadcasting company. They make the software um, due to the last few weeks worth of mess ups. But buying IT equipment is a minefield. Now what I do know from 20 plus years of doing this is that if you buy new when you don't know what you need, you're starting out on the wrong foot. It's really bad. So, <coughs> Christ, we're in half an hour already. That's gone way too fast. I'll try and wrap this up quickly because I don't want to keep everyone awake. Um, so, buying IT equipment is, is an absolute nightmare. But buy used. If you can get yourself onto eBay, for example, let me show you. Rather than tell you, I'll show you because this is so much easier to see. So if you go to eBay, let's say you think, right, I want a desktop computer. Um, and you think, oh, I need a desktop computer, but I don't have a lot of money. I don't want to spend a lot of cash. 
um, and, you know, until things get going and I get established and get a few quid in the bank then I'll, I'll upgrade it to something a bit better. So a typical example, if you're looking for a, a really good computer that's not expensive, if you go on eBay and search for a Dell Optiplex i7 for example, uh, you would be amazed at how cheap these ex-corporate desktops are. You can pick up a really nice, if you go, um, the generations of ones are relating to the age of the processor. So the eighth generation is now a year and a half old. Um, fourth generation is about five years old. That's 20, late 2014. Sixth generation is about 2016. Um, ninth generation i7s are literally in the last year. Um, so if you're willing to pick up an ex-corporate desktop that will have Windows 10, let's take a look at this one for example. This is a typical good example. You'll find these desktops super cheap. Don't know why that's gone all black like that. But if you select something like a desktop computer, best processor you can put in it, if you need a screen as well, look at that. 215 quid, you've got a, a Dell Optiplex i7, um, 215 quid, and you get a 19 inch screen as well. If you've already got your own screen or you want to plug it into a telly, just select that, no option, not included, 175 quid. So you've got yourself a decent computer there. Literally, eBay is littered with these things. Um, there's big companies out there who upgrade their IT kit every three to five years and they've got to get rid of this stuff um, and to send it to electronic disposal costs a fortune so it's cheaper to call in an IT company and say we've got a thousand computers can you shift them um, and they just split the profits between them so you'll get a really good computer won't cost you very much at all um, and you can save a ton of money and if you want something fairly recent you can actually buy on um, on eBay, there's a lot of computers where <coughs> how do you know you're buying something legit? Well, this is the thing now, with eBay's protection systems in place, you can check out the seller, look at their history, look at their feedback, find their business address at the bottom. If I do that again, I'll show you. Um, it's much easier to explain it. So let's look at, and the reason I picked Dell is because their their computers are built like tanks. Um, so Dell Optiplex i7, let's look for that. Their computers are really, really well built. They last forever and they cost peanuts. Um, they're absolutely amazing computers. All of our kit is Dell. All of our servers in the data center are Dell. All of, literally almost all the kit in front of me is Dell. It's amazing. And so if I go somewhere like, go back to this one just because it's the first one on the list. If you scroll down, oops, scroll down, come on, scrolly, scrolly. Why is it not scrolling? Let's see if we can get it to scroll, lock that. Right, go here, there we go, now it's scrolling. So you'll see this condition of it, seller refurbished, so they've bought it as an ex-corporate thing. They might have bought you know, several hundred of these off of the computer, off of an ex-corporate customer. Windows 10, 64-bit, 8 gig of RAM, 500 gig hard drive, DVD drive, it's got Wi-Fi as well, 
um, happy days, you're good to go. So how do you know it's genuine, Susan says. Well, good question, because if you look down here, you'll see the business address. They're legally obliged to show all this. Um, and you get their contact info as well. If they're not displaying that, see, there's a Hotmail address. Personally, I'd be like, meh, wouldn't be too worried about it. You know, it's, it's a £175 computer. Um, you can check the company registration number and the VAT number very easily. Um, so they could just be keeping the cost down there. Um, but if you if you buy it, you get it, and it's not what it's not what it's supposed to be, you're protected through eBay. Um, and as long as you pay by PayPal and not you know don't send them bank transfers or anything like that, then you'll be fine. Uh, but that's just one example. I mean, there's thousands of those on eBay. If you look at laptops, for example, if you look for a Dell Latitude 14, 15, 16 inch laptops, they're full of them on eBay. You can pick them up for peanuts and they just they just last forever. So buying IT, it don't don't buy new when you're starting a business because it, it will cost you dearly. Uh, you'll lose so much value in it. That That's money that you could be putting into marketing or research um, things that will actually bring in some income so that you can get started um, and it, like I say it is, it is a minefield um, and without wanting to drag on too long so that's just getting you started on the basics of, of looking for IT um, the other thing to consider is uh, when you're starting a business and again this is based on what I see happening online as well there's a lot of this going on people want to start a website they almost think, oh, I have to have a website. I've got to have a website. Um, and, you know, people are like, I have to have a website. What do I do? And we're seeing this time and time again is that people have been advised badly. They've made some choices that are now costing them dearly and they're not sure what, what to do next. So a good example is... Um, Let's take, for example, a certain company um, like Wix or Squarespace. Um, they serve a purpose. We all know that. Um, but they're just template licensing companies. They're not hosting companies. They are. You are renting the license to access their templates. That's all you're doing. You're not owning the website. You don't own anything. And there's no way of exporting the content. So once you get to the brick wall where you realize that you can't do anything else with that website, you're stuck. You can't go any further with it, and you will have to start again. Um, and this is happening a lot. People start off with Wix and Squarespace. Oh, it's great! Yeah, I could just drag and drop and build my own website. What you don't realise is, any UK hosting company can provide you with the same software, but in a way where you never get stuck. You can drag and drop, build your own website through something like WordPress with Elementor on it. Um, there's a tiny learning curve but it's really not a massive one and again going back to not spending too much money when you're starting out um, people who are starting out at Wix and Squarespace are spending two three four times more than what they need to the last five websites that we repatriated if you like from um, Wix um, we cut people's hosting bills by 50% um, just because the charges for the renting these template systems are extortionate at best, they're they're, they're really expensive. Um, I mean, it's great. It's all you know. Someone's got to pay for the the multi-million pound advertising budget that they've got, which is fine. 
but it's a very easy um, it's a very easy road to get sucked into because of all the glamorous advertising. Um, and there's a lot of people out there who've who've made that mistake, um, but at the time it worked. So if it suited them at the time, <coughs> so there's a lot of options. So when you're looking to build a website, what are your options? Well, you've got template building systems like Wix, Squarespace. They're probably okay if you're doing everything yourself. And this goes back to having your VA do some research as well. They can find this stuff out for you. Even if they don't know it, they're masters of research. They can find it out. Um, you've got other systems like uh, there's other methods of putting your website together. So you could um, get in touch with a UK web posting company. If you know any, by the way, let us know. <laughs> um, set yourself up with something like WordPress or other content management systems get your domain name all in one place you own the whole lot everything you put into it is yours um, and on top of that you can get help and advice from your hosting company it will help you even build the website and then of course if you want something a lot more customized then obviously then you need to start talking to website designers website developers uh, possibly even branding people depending on what your budget is um, but unfortunately uh, yeah, now you know yeah you know what yeah. indeed uh, I don't know what you think about IT kit Susan um, but my, pers my personal preference is with Dell uh, just because of the quality of it and it, it lasts a lifetime I'll give you an example The what I'm broadcasting from today is a laptop um, now this is a three and a half thousand pound laptop which I did not pay three and a half thousand pound for paid about 20% of that if that just because it was four years old and it's still under warranty with Dell when I bought it but yeah Susan likes Lenovo yeah nice sleek looking laptops um, but I like a docking station where I can put the laptop down lock it into place um, and it connects to all my screens and everything else and it just works and performs exactly like a really high-end desktop but because the laptop was four years old now this is a Dell Precision um, but you try and buy one of them new you're looking at a stupid amount of money um, but again if you go on eBay you can find Dell Precisions three four years old they cost peanuts now and they have still got a lot of life left in them and they're incredibly fast um, so you know the value for money there is awesome uh, but my latest laptop doesn't hold charge so it's going back in the morning oh dear wah, 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 wah. <coughs> yeah so in terms of spend, you know, spending on your IT, just keep keep back what you can. Uh, if you buy right, you buy once. Um, it's not, you know, buy cheap, buy twice. It's not always the case with IT kit. Uh, you just got to buy right. Um, but with your website options, you know, you've got the Wix and the Squarespace, and they're great for people who want to get started. But you're gonna spend at least two, three times more financially than what you would if you did exactly something very identical with a UK company and of course with Wix and Squarespace your websites aren't even in the UK um, so with Wix your websites are going to end up on a Google server somewhere and spread across multiple servers all over the place um, which really isn't going to put you in a good stead if you want to get found on search engines within the first six to twelve months um, you know, a lot of search engines will look at your web page and basically once they finish laughing they'll leave. Um, 
just because of the amount of code involved in making those pages happen. And so you've got those options. A web designer is a good option. There's a lot of self-appointed web designers, uh, people who know how to install WordPress, know how to buy a theme and say, yeah, I'm a web designer. They're not. Uh, they're what we call website assemblers. I call myself a website assembler. I'm not a designer by trade. I didn't study at college or university. Um, but by all means, we've got hundreds and hundreds of designers as customers who, you know, the sort of people who can design your website in Photoshop and then convert it into a web page. Um, so you've got website assemblers, of which there are billions. If you look on any UK small business group on Facebook and ask someone for a website, you're going to get bombarded with responses from website assemblers. Um, then you've got the website designers, people who will actually design something for you, not just picking off the shelf template. Um, and then you've got the website developers who will say, okay, let's, let's start taking that code and getting it to do something that you want it to do. Um, so those are your three categories now. Um, and it can be a bit of a minefield picking between them because like I said, some of the responses I've seen from people online can be insane to pick through. Um, so what I'd like you to do is I'll just take a look at our website real quick. This is our website. This is built on WordPress and this is, you know, WordPress is free, costs nothing. We've got a few plugins that we paid for, um, but total cost, if you know, if you're willing to put in a bit of time with WordPress, the total cost of the website itself, nothing more than a few hundred pounds. It really doesn't need to cost the earth. Um, and that's pretty much, you know, it, it serves our purpose. We've been working with WordPress now for 13 years, front end, back end, and from the server perspective as well. And it's absolutely a wonderful piece of software. There really is not much you can't do with it. Um, and, you know, if you're not sure which option to go with, find people that have already built their websites, take them over to gtmetrics.com and show them. Just say, hey, look, let's put your website in here, get it tested and see what sort of scores you get. You know, a chap I was talking to today, his website, um, it's a lovely website he's got, but performance-wise, um, it, it, it's not right up there, you know. It's not quite where it could be. Uh, so your hosting platform will affect your search rankings as well. So, you know, you really don't want a hosting platform that's somewhere oversold, overcrowded, really slow, um, because Google does rank your location and, and your performance as part of how it uh, how it ranks your website and search engines. So you want your website to be working for you in the background rather than um, something that you, it's just an afterthought and you say, well, I have to have a website because everyone else has got one. Um, you know, you want inquiries from it. It's like, a, it's like all of your marketing. It should be working for you. Um, so that's pretty much that really. <coughs> Um, what else? That, that really covers all of we were gonna, what we were going to talk to about talk about today. Um, yeah, keep your hosting and domain independent. This is another key thing as well. Whenever you're having anyone build your website, if your web designer says, "I'll host it for you," just politely decline and say, "No thanks. I will either I will source my own hosting, or can you recommend somewhere that I can host the website that you're going to build?" Because obviously, having middlemen. In between you and the hosting company, if something happens to them, the hosting company aren't really going to talk to you, um, and you you do put yourself at risk of losing it all. So you want to make sure you've got the login details for the hosting company, 
as a very bare minimum. Um, but yeah, it's always you know politely politely decline. I know the web designers have got to make money, but if they're trying to pretend to be a hosting company too, um, it's not going to do you any favours because you're the one that's going to lose out if anything happens to them or if they miss a bill and don't pay, your website's suspended uh, and you've got no idea what's going on. And quite often, you know, you're paying them to be designers. You're not paying them to be server admins or network administrators and stuff like that. So let them stick to what they're good at. Uh, a good web designer will you won't even need to ask them. They will say to you, okay, I would recommend you get a hosting account here, there or wherever, um, and they will help you get set up with your own hosting account independently of, of, um, of them. <coughs> but a few things before we go. I do want to wrap this up because I'm aware that we've been banging on for ages now. Um, an an organisation you might want to consider looking into. Um, so this is the FSB. Uh, the Federation of Small Businesses, and what they do is they take your money and that's it, no, not really. So they basically are a lobbying group for small businesses like you and us and everyone else out there who's working really hard. Um, they take your money and they lobby government. Um, they're like having a really, they're really like having an older brother stick up for you in terms of the government pushing us all around. Um, so that's their primary function. Don't you know they they do offer an awful lot of additional services which a lot of people may or may not find useful uh, but primarily they are a lobbying group for government and they're certainly worth looking into um, to see if anything that they do can be of benefit even if you just want advice legal advice tax advice anything you can think of they've got quite a few helplines where you can just call up and say hey look, I'm in a bit of a pickle what should I do um, and they will help you. Um, so the the membership fee is not very big. Um, it's like 140 quid for a, a one person for a year. So having that sort of right hand man, if you like, to lobby for you and to be able to ask them anything that you want, it could prove invaluable for some businesses. Uh, I'm in no way, you know, we're 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 FSB members, but we're not certainly we're not sponsored they're not they're not asking us to say this I'm just saying look here's an option go and have a look you may or may not find it useful but it's certainly a good starting point um, so that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about today um, is the very basics of getting started um, get in touch with your nearest VA because they will be an absolute plethora of information for you they'll be able to do some research that will actually they won't, you know, you're not aiming to prove whether you should or shouldn't start a business. What you're aiming to prove is how you should start your business. Because obviously they will help you define your idea and your USP. If you haven't got a unique selling point, then obviously you can work with that VA to help build one. Um, and by researching your competitors. Um, so that's certainly something. The plethora, the plethora of information that you're going to find on a lot of these business groups on Facebook... Um, take it with a pinch of salt um, a lot of it is really bad advice um, and if you you know if someone says oh why did you start your business because well, some guy on Facebook told me it was a good idea and I should just get on with it no don't 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 go down that uninformed path um, information is your is your biggest weapon against your competitors if you like um, so that's pretty much it really we haven't had any questions come in at all um, 
But I do honestly thank Susan for joining us this evening. Um, I hope many more of you will join us next week. Next week's show, we're going to be talking about the business processes and how that is going to affect the customers that you're going to get. Uh, I've got a really, really awesome chap called Robin Walker joining me next week. Uh, what Robin does is he takes the mess and chaos that's in your head that you're trying to do every single time and he turns it into a process that, um, that is consistent and clear so that every single customer gets the same experience and it's a good one. Basically turns your ones, if you scored yourself out of 10, he turns your ones to sevens, ones to, yeah, he turns the one to eights into nine and tens by turning the chaos into something clear and consistent. That's what he does and he's really good at it. Um, and he, he helped me get this show back up and running properly as well, um, avoiding some of the problems that we had last week. So Robin Walker will be joining us next week. He's from Green Robin Solutions. Um, so I'd like to thank him in advance for volunteering to come on the show next week. And I look forward to seeing all of you guys next week. Uh, same time, 8 o'clock here on YouTube. And if you've got any advice for people wanting to start a business, if you know someone who wants to start a business, leave some comments below. Uh, because this, this single video now can be a massive resource of of information for people looking to start a business so drop your advice in the comments below if you were starting a business today you should do X um, if I'd started my business 10 years from now or 10 years ago I would have done this first um, let us know what your thoughts are and share those with the greater audience who are going to watch this down the line because um, this this will hopefully build up to become a really nice series that we'll do each week um, and people can just sort of binge watch and catch up later if you like so that's it for me from for today um, I'm gonna let you all go to bed and I can can't thank you enough for joining me it's been absolutely wonderful having you great session thank you thank you Susan much appreciated you coming along um, and I shall see you next week when we will be showing and talking to Robin Walker so I shall bid you all a wonderful evening and uh, from me good night <laughs>